Today on the Defense Scoop podcast brought to you by the Scoop News Group. Getting DOD business modernization systems on the right track. It's Friday, April 28th, 2023. Welcome to the Defense Scoop podcast where you'll hear what's going on in defense technology. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Navy is adding a new supercomputer to the Defense Department's arsenal. Nautilus was unveiled this week at Stennis Space Center in Mississippi and is now the sixth supercomputer DoD scientists and engineers have access to via the Navy DoD Supercomputing Resource Center. The supercomputer is poised to rank among the world's most powerful with a peak performance of 8.2 petaflops. The Army has a new leader for its Program Executive Office Intelligence, Electronic Warfare, and Sensors. According to a Pentagon announcement, Brigadier General Wayne Barker is the new Program Executive Officer after serving as Deputy PEO since July 2021. PEO, IEWS, is responsible for equipping the Army and the Joint Force with some of the most sensitive technologies covering the full spectrum of warfighters' needs. You can read more about these stories and more at DefenseScoop.com. Defense Talks is now less than two weeks away. Hosted by Defense Scoop, Defense Talks is the nation's premier gathering of top uniformed and civilian leaders from the military and C-level leaders from the GovTech community. The loaded lineup includes DOD CIO John Sherman, DARPA Director Stephanie Tompkins, Air Force CIO Lauren Knossenberger, and more. It's all happening May 11th at the Ritz-Carlton in Pentagon City. You can learn more at defensetalks.upgather.com. The Government Accountability Office is highlighting 37 areas across the federal government on its most recent high-risk list. The Defense Department's approach to business transformation and business systems modernization were among high-risk areas. Vijay D'Souza is Director in GAO's Information Technology and Cybersecurity Team. Vijay, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. So Vijay, looking at the high-risk list for 2023, we saw only one area that regressed, DOD business modernization systems. So what happened there and why is it so important to note that regression? Uh, Yes, you're right. The DOD business systems modernization area was the only high-risk area which uh, went backwards for this most recent report. Um, And I think the main reason here is uh, DOD's had a lot of uh, leadership challenges in this area and is also reassessing its approach to how it's proceeding. And so we had to kind of take it a step back from our prior assessment. And we can dive more into that a little bit later. And so I reading the report, it looked like there was one central area that kind of hinged on that regression, and that was the Federated Business Enterprise Architecture. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm curious, why has that architecture had issues over the past two years? And why is that playing such a critical role in that regression, that larger regression? Well, I think the, uh, you know, the issues we've identified with the business enterprise architecture are kind of longstanding. I actually was looking back. We had recommendations going back to 2012 in this area. Um, I think what was concerning about us, uh, what we saw here and the reason we decided to uh, lower our assessment is that DOD basically has decided it's going to reconsider its whole approach to this. And we just don't know what they're doing yet. They haven't decided. We know they're they're thinking about different things. The, and just to make this a little simpler for folks, you know, business enterprise architecture is basically a list of all your business functions, the laws and regulations you have to comply with, and um, 
various criteria that the systems you develop in this area have to fit into. So the idea being whenever you develop a system, you figure out how does it line up with the appropriate business processes so you know who to talk to, you also know what laws to make sure you're complying with, you also know what kind of criteria your system, what kind of requirements your system is going to have. If you don't have that stuff documented, especially at a place as large and complex as DOD, you're really increasing the likelihood that any system you do develop is not going to meet your requirements and not going to get the job done. And Vijay, you mentioned some leadership changes sort of being at the heart of this. Um, maybe give some more clarity. I, I, if I'm correct, I think the NDAA in 2021 repealed the CMO role within the DOD, and that sort of led to a bit of these changes. But if you can give the readers or the listeners, rather, uh, a little bit more clarity in how that's leading to some of this uh, friction in, in this area. Yeah, so the CMO position was originally created to create kind of cross-DOD oversight of complicated issues just like business systems modernization. When that position was removed, DOD moved some of the responsibilities around. Uh, most notably, most of the responsibilities have been split between the comptroller's office and the CIO's office. However, that required them to update additional guidance and documents and processes, and that hasn't fully been done. Until that's been done, uh, it's it's hard for folks to know what processes they need to follow and who they might need to talk to and make sure that things are being done consistently across the agency. So we've got a sense of what the issue is. What needs to be done now for the DOD to turn this around? And have you seen evidence yet that that's occurring? Well, we do know that DOD is concerned about this. I can certainly tell you that since the high-risk report came out, uh, I've been contacted by several DOD officials. We've also provided more specifics on the underlying recommendations in this area. Um, we do meet periodically with DOD to talk about plans they have underway. Um, for any high-risk area, we look at uh, five specific or five criteria to assess progress. Uh, we touched on the first one, which is leadership commitment. It's okay that DODs split the responsibilities for the chief management officer position, but what we need to see is that they fully define the guidance for these new roles and responsibilities. The second area is capacity that includes staff funding and technology. We've identified uh, over many years, human capital issues in this area. Um, the government, not just DOD has challenges finding and retaining qualified IT personnel and financial management personnel. So this feeds into that. In fact, our report in March asked DOD to take a, um, take a more strategic approach to how it provided staff in this area. The third one, which I'll say is arguably the most important one is an action plan. DOD still doesn't have a comprehensive plan for this area of what are their targets, what are their goals, what metrics are they gonna have so that they can assess progress and we can assess progress. That's, that's I would say the most important thing we're looking for. The, we have talked to DOD folks who indicate they're in the process of trying to pull something together, but again, we need to see what it is and assess it. Uh, the fourth area is monitoring. Now DOD does have uh, access to different financial information on cost and schedule and different sorts of system information. However, it 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 is aware and it does need to make more progress in this area. There's a lot of issues with reliability of the information. Um, for example, a report we did in March, um, in one DoD system, it indicated that basically a list of all the systems it had, 71 systems were listed as not being significant to DOD's financial statement audit. And then a different system, uh, a different list had 50 of those same 71 as being important to the audit. 
So inconsistencies like that really need to be resolved. Um, once all of those things are in place, then we can obviously look for signs of progress, but we need to get the first four things in place first in order to make sure DOD does make progress. Sure. Uh, in closing, you know, Vijay, it, it, it's not all uh, bad news. It, it, you know, there has been some progress and benefits reaped from this area since 2006 um, that show how recommendations can bring, among other things, you know, some major savings. And I'm curious if um, you could highlight a few of those just to show that, you know, these these recommendations do bring about action and, you know, ultimately some savings of taxpayer dollars and things of that nature. Sure. So uh, just a couple points on that. In this area, we made over about 300 recommendations over the various years. 200 of them have been implemented. So that is good. Um, uh, 14 of the most important ones still remain open. So we're hopeful DOD will continue to take, make progress in that area. We have identified as a result of our work over $3 billion in financial benefits. Um, and then the other thing that uh, I did want to just mention briefly is that the reason this is important, because if you think of business systems, maybe it seems really technical, you know, DOD is the only federal agency that hasn't been able to produce auditable financial statements. And getting this area right for DOD will be a key step forward for them to get on the path to auditability. Um, and that'll have huge, um, you know, millions, billions of dollars of implications government wide if DOD is better able to manage its finances. Well, we'll keep an eye out for the day that that happens, uh, but it remains to be seen. But Fad, Vijay, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate your insights and uh, really hope we can chat again soon. Great. Thanks. You can learn more about the GAO's high-risk list at defensescoop.com. The Defense Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Defense Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again on our next episode Monday, May 15th. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>